5: welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. And when I welcome you to uh, the radio show today, it's uh, for those of you who follow after the God of the Bible, it's uh, Madi Thursday. Uh, and the interesting thing about Mahdi, uh, that word just means a command. It means a pattern of doing something. And you know, that's What I want to talk about today is patterns. You know, there are patterns all around us, and really the key to life is to understand these patterns. And the right pattern creates a good outcome, and a poor pattern creates a poor or bad or unresourceful outcome. But the key is always to understand The patterns in my training at LikeItMatters.net. I teach people to remove human error, to set up a process to where that you can create an automatic pattern. Why? Because left to human choice, half the time you might choose poorly. And so what I teach people do is put a pattern in place. Put a pattern in place that you do the same things, the same times, the same way. Why? Because it takes out human error. It takes out the chance for you to choose not to do it. It's kind of like years ago uh, when I went to Promise Keepers. One of the uh, uh, guys I met there said, you know, Black, one of the best things I've ever done for my Christian walk is I put my shoes under my bed. And I'm thinking, what does that have to do with your walk with God? He said, that's easy. Every morning. When I started my day, I had to get on my knees to hold my shoes out from under the bed. And every night at the end of my day, I would have to get on my knees to put my shoes under my bed. And that is so key. You know, in the book I reference all the time, you know, we talk about missing ingredients Where most of this leadership training, most of this motivational stuff, where it says it really doesn't work. And one it says there's three reasons why it doesn't work. And I've covered it many times with you. And, and the number one reason is he says, I've never met a book that jumps off a shelf and says, why aren't you still doing me? Why don't you remember me? Why aren't you doing the things that we did before? See. Same thing God told uh, the church of Ephesus, right? And I think it's second or third chapter of Revelation. And when he's talking about the church of Ephesus, he says, I have one thing against you. You have forgotten your first love. And then he says this, go back and do what you did at the beginning. Don't you hear it? It's a pattern. Remember this thing called coronavirus, right? You remember that word called a model where they had a model? that 10 million Americans were going to die, that, you know, all these models, right? Go back and look at some of those models. Yeah. Those are uh, by epidemiologists. Now, there's fancy definition for what is an epidemiologist. Let me give you a layman's definition. Someone who identifies patterns. Someone who follows the patterns of a pathogen, of a disease, and how it plays out. Don't you remember? when you could we people were washing down their money they were sterilizing you know their groceries they were doing all this stuff yeah because they were told that you could get this from physical contact that it could be on a service now we know that's not true at all how about this remember the the pattern that we were told about russia that within four days russia would go ahead and defeat Ukraine. Wrong! Why? Because you had military people who were based on patterns, based on this many truths, based on this type of force, based on this and all that, and guess what? They were wrong. You gotta understand the patterns in life get us what we're getting. And if you don't like the results, change the approach. Because it was Einstein who said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over but expecting different results. Stop it. That's crazy. In other words, running the same pattern and expecting different results, you don't need to be an Einstein to figure out that that's just crazy. So when I study patterns, I teach people, first identify the pattern, and then you ask yourself, is this getting you what you want? And if it's not, do something different. If it is, lock it up. Make it SOP, Standard Operating Procedure. And why is the SOP? Because it works. That's why. Because it works. And so you gotta identify the patterns. And today, I'm gonna share with you two specific patterns. And one is really, really important. The first one is a simple one. But before we do that, I wanna share one of my favorite patterns with you. It's a, it's a story. It's about a man who, who made a mistake. I don't know if you've ever made a mistake before. Uh, and he got himself in a little bit of trouble, and he wound up in prison. And while he was in prison, he wasn't going to be there long, but he figured out he was going to figure out the pattern. He was going to figure out how things work so he could make his stay uh, in the penitentiary uh, as easy as possible. And so he's going to just glean. He's going to watch. He's going to figure things out and then just run the pattern. And so as he's doing this, he's in there a couple of days, and it's one morning, they're getting ready for breakfast, and they're, they're standing waiting for the uh, doors to open up, the cell doors to open up, and someone yells out, 25! And the whole place just dies laughing. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't think anything of it. So a couple of days later, he was uh, at a mess hall, and they were getting ready to eat. They are waiting for the chow hall to open up. They're all in line. And all of a sudden, someone yells out, 77! And the whole place... Just died laughing. <laughs> and he just scratches his head, can't figure it out. A couple of days later, it was nighttime. The, the lights were getting ready to go down. The cell doors were closing. They were getting ready to shop lights. And someone yelled out, 63! And the whole place died laughing. And, and, and now this guy, I figure, I got to figure out what's going on, man. I got to figure out what's going on because something's not right. And so he leans up, he shared a cell with an older gentleman that had been there for a long time, would be there for a long time. He says, what's going on, man? Every time it gets quiet, there's a lull, and someone yells out a number, and everybody laughs. And he says, well, son, see, some of us have been in this place for so long, and we're going to stay here till we die, that instead of telling the same jokes over and over, you know, lighten the mood, we just a- attach a number to that joke. And then, when someone says that number, they recall the joke, and they laugh. What? And it's actually a pretty cool system. And so this guy's been in there now a couple of weeks, and he figures he's going to give this a test, because he, w- he wants to fit in, he wants to be one of the guys. And so when it's quiet one time, he, he gets the courage up, and he goes, 88! And it's quiet. No one says anything, no one laughs, no one guffaws, nothing happens. And he goes, ooh, that's kind of harsh. And so he kind of left that alone. A couple of days later, he got the courage up again, and he was uh, out in the mess hall, whatever. They were getting ready to eat, and he started giving it another try. He goes, 17! And again, nothing happened. Ouch. No one said a word. It was like no one had done anything. And so he's figuring out what is going on. What is going on? It makes no sense at all. And then he says, okay, I'm going to give this one last shot. I know that they yelled at the number 25. Maybe I yelled out numbers that there was no joke associated with. So he gets up the courage again one time. He yells out 25, and no one does anything. And he felt never felt so uncomfortable in his life. And after a little bit, he figures, I'm going to have to ask this old man. and said, old man, what's going on? I thought you said that if you just yell out a number, there's a joke associated with it, and then people laugh. And with that, the old man looked at him and he said, you know, son, some people just don't know how to tell a joke. <laughs> now, that's a stupid joke, but what makes it one of my favorite is because the patterns, the patterns in the story, the patterns of the joke itself. And if you ever study humor, you know that a good comedian will find a pattern that works. And work it, work it, work it. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to suggest that there are patterns out there that work. And we need to work them, work them, work them to become the George Bernard Shaw we could have been. So I'm Mr. Black. Today, we're going to talk about two important patterns on Like It Matters Radio. We'll be right back. What's the matter with you, people? I was joking. Don't you know a joke when you hear one? Ha, 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 ha,
3: That's likeitmatters.net. Sightseeing in Paris, at the Mall
0: in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey
2: app. 20% of the general population have hearing loss and can't understand speech in noisy places. The universal blue and white hearing loss sign imprinted with a capital letter T means that a hearing loop is installed. Switch your hearing aids or cochlear implants into the T or telecoil mode for clearer speech. Contact your audiologist or instrument dispenser to learn more about this technology. Paid for by the Minnesota Commission of the Deaf, Deaf Blind, and Hard of Hearing, the Minnesota Broadcasters
3: Association, and this station.
5: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Black and we are back. And today we're talking about patterns because it is the patterns in life that get us what we want. And when you can understand a pattern, you can basically control the outcome. You can't there's a lot of things in life we can't control. But of those things we can control, that needs to be where our focus is. And I love a good pattern. You know, one of my favorite patterns is in poetry. And, you know, As I was getting ready for this radio show, I was uh, just looking for a specific thing. I couldn't find it, but I did come across. I didn't know John Wayne was a poet. I bet you he knew it, but I don't know it. So I found a cool poem. And I love poetry. Because poetry, to me, I like the pattern. I like the rhythmic words. I like the rhyming of the, the ends of the sentences. And so John Wayne wrote this a long time ago, Why I Love America. This is a poem. You ask me why I love her. Well, give me time. I'll explain. Have you seen a Kansas sunset or an Arizona rain? Have you drifted on a bayou down Louisiana Wayne? Have you watched a cold fog drifting over San Francisco Bay? Have you heard of Bob White calling in the Carolina Pines or heard the bellow of a diesel at the Appalachia Mines? Does the call of Niagara, Niagara thrill you when you hear her waters roar? Do you like with awe and wonder at her Massachusetts shore? Where men who braved a hard new world first stepped on Plymouth Rock? And do you think of them when you stroll along a New York City dock? Have you seen a snowflake drifting in the Rockies way up high? Have you seen the sun come blazing down from a bright, no brass, the sky? Have you, do you hail to the Columbia as she rushes to the sea or bow your head at Gettysburg at our struggle to be free? Have you seen the mighty Tetons? Have you watched an eagle soar? Have you seen the Mississippi roll along the Missouri shore? Have you felt the chill at Michigan when on a winter's day her waters rage along the shore in thunderous display? Does the word Aloha make you warm? Do you stare in disbelief when you see the surf come roaring in at Waimea Reef? From Alaska's cold to the Everglades, from the Rio Grande to Maine, my heart cries out, my pulse runs fast at the mighty of her domain. You ask me why I love her. I have a million reasons why. My beautiful America beneath God's wide, wide open sky. Isn't that beautiful? That's incredible. And see, poetry is a great poem. And you know what I love more is when there's a message in the poem. Because that also follows a pattern. And part of what I talk about, you know, I, I use six key words, the foundation for everything great. Passion, commitment, purpose team, focus, and the sixth word is vision. And all true leaders have vision. And what vision is is the ability to see into the future. In other words, it's the ability to see how a pattern plays out. That's what vision is. That's why you get someone like Elon Musk. You know, he's a smart guy because he sees patterns. Elon Musk spent, what, $9.2 billion, I think it was, or whatever it was, some billion to buy 9.2%, I guess it was. And then, you see, Eli must turn down the spot on the board. You know why? Because he said, instead of that, I would, I'll buy it. And he offered to buy it for $54 uh, a share. And you know why? Because the pattern. He says, in its present form, the pattern would not be a good investment. But he said, if I bought it, I would take it private so it can go back to being what it was supposed to be, a form where Americans can openly discuss things and not basically have right wing being censored and only the left wing you ever hear it. Again, he's an investor. A good businessman sees how patterns play out. I'm not a great businessman. I can generate money, but I know a lot of good businessmen, and they tell me some of the things I do are silly, and they do some of the things that they do that I wouldn't do because of different reasons, and yet they have a lot of money and I don't. Why? Because if I'm willing to run the pattern that they suggest, then I'll be successful. If I'm not, it won't. I'm uh, in a diet right now, right? And there are patterns for diets, right? There are patterns where if I eat past seven, it's not good. Where if I don't fast for 12 hours from uh, 6 o'clock at night to 6 in the morning, it's not good. See, they are patterns. You go to Weight Watchers or some of the systems, all that. And what they do is they have a pattern for food. You eat certain foods at certain times. And that pattern, they basically say, will guarantee you to lose weight. And I want to share one more poem because I really like this one. Again, it's John Wayne. And what I love about this one is not just the pattern of the prose, but it's also the reality of what he's saying. And we're living in that reality. I don't know when this was written, but I guarantee it was at least 50 years ago. When America was a much different country today, it's called the hyphen. John Wayne wrote this. It's called the hyphen. And it starts off by saying the hyphen, Webster's Dictionary defines, is a symbol used to divide. Isn't that incredible? A symbol used to divide a compound word or a single word. That's, keep that thought in mind as I read these words. So it seems to me that when a man calls himself an Afro-American, a Mexican-American, an Italian-American, an Irish-American, a Jewish-American, what he's saying is, I'm a divided American. Well, we all came from other places, different creeds and different races, to form a nation to become as one, yet look at the harm that little line has done. A simple little line, and yet, as divisive as a line can get. A crooked cross the Nazis flew, and the Russian hammer and sickle too. Time bombs and lives of man, but none of these could ever fan. The flames of hatred faster than, the hyphen. The Russian hammer built a wall that locks men's hearts from freedom's call. A crooked cross flew overhead, above 20 million tragic dead. Among them, men from this great nation who died for freedom's preservation. A hyphen is a line that's small. It can be a bridge or even a wall. A bridge can save you lots of time. A wall you always have to climb. The road to liberty lies true. The hyphen's use is up to you. Used as a bridge, it can span all the differences of man. Being free in mind and soul should be our most important goal. If you use a hyphen as a wall, you'll make your life mean and small. An American is a special breed whose people came to her in need. They came to her that they might find a world where they'd have peace of mind, where men are equal and something more stand taller than they stood before. So you be wise in your decision. And that little line won't cause division. Let's join hands with one another. For in this land, each man's your brother. United we stand. Divided we fall. We are Americans. And that says it all. Wow. Amen. Man, is that some good stuff or what?
2: Wow. Now you
5: see why they banned John Wayne, huh? <laughs> right? Because he was macho, man. And, you know, even the pattern in society. See, the patterns in society is what I rail against because we create the society that our patterns dictate. And that's where the saying comes from, and it wasn't Abraham Lincoln, although he gets credit for it. Abraham Lincoln said the philosophy of the classroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And if you study history. And I've been reading about it, I'm not that old, but I was 65, I was born by, I was able to read things that were written in the 50s and 60s, but really, they started harping on it in the 50s, that said, you know, Marxists and liberals and communists were going in our universities and teaching our young minds, and we blew it off, and we blew it off, it's no big deal. And the Marxists and the communists and the liberals and progressives, they stopped the universities. I was just reading about Harvard University. I visited a friend in jail. He's a mass murderer. Uh, yeah, I do call him a friend. Yep. I don't condone what he did. Um, he uh, hasn't even been adjudicated yet. Uh, and uh, he's getting his GED. And when I was visiting him on, on Sunday, he uh, showed me his book, uh, U.S. History. And he turned this page and was reading about something. And it was all about Harvard. You know why Harvard was created? Harvard was created so that we could keep our young people educated in the foundation of the Bible. Harvard was started as most universities, Georgetown, Yale, they were all started as a way for young people to use the Bible as the pattern for their life. I just want you to think about this. This was the founding of these once great universities. And as we went along, We were told a lot of things by the liberals, by the communists, by the Marxists, that God ain't in this country. And and there's this, quote, separation of church and state. And by the way, if you look at it, if you just really want to read for yourself, that's not in the Constitution. It was a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote. He wrote to a Baptist organization. I don't remember the year. But he was talking to them because they were afraid that the government was going to fringe on their right to have service. And so Thomas Jefferson stated that there is this quote, and there was quotes around it, this separation of church and state. The separation was not to protect government from religion. The separation was so that people could worship how they chose to worship and not be harassed, intimidated, or threatened by the government. But notice how our lack of knowledge, our lack of learning, our lack of knowing our own history, and we let other people lie to us and believe a different pattern. And now you hear, and it started with Barack Obama, that we are not a Christian nation. We never were, and that's not true at all. Uh, All the signers of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, believed in the God of the Bible. Now, some believe that it was an impersonal God. Some believe uh, it was a, a personal God. So we had different beliefs but the belief was that there was a God. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are talking about patterns. And today I'm going to share with you two key patterns that will change your life if you're willing. I'm Black, and we'll be right back. You like discipline.
1: This is a test of the emergency alert system. This has been a test of the emergency alert system. This is a coordinated test of the broadcast stations in your area. We are testing equipment that can quickly warn you in the event of an emergency. If this had been an actual emergency, an official message would have followed the alert tone. This concludes the test of the emergency alert system.
4: At Salem Media Group Twin Cities, we're committed to delivering the best in talk radio programming. AM 1280 The Patriot, AM 980 The Mission, The Biz 1440, and Freedom 1570.
1: There's also our Christian music station, thefishtwincities.com. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project.
4: Hey, can we get that on?
5: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and we are back. And today, we are talking about patterns. And patterns in life get us what we get. Uh, You got to understand that. Uh, You know, I I like to talk about specific patterns, uh, one that governs our lives, our futures. You know, it's said that people who fail in life, they don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. You know, there is order in the universe, supposedly in the government, in our communities, and in our relationships. Patterns can become habits, and habits constructed intentionally can be great tools on the road to success. And so today, we want to be focused on do you see your success? And that is a play on words because I'm not talking about S-E-E. I'm talking about the third letter In the alphabet, because I'm going to share with you the key to success, the key to living. But first of all, you got to understand that we need to keep things simple. See, we are easily confused creatures. I talk about this all the time. The amount of data, the amount of information that goes through our heads is mind boggling. It is absolutely overwhelming. You got to understand that. And so we, we are scattered all the time. Shawnee object squirrel. Uh, we self-medicate. Now, you know, drugs are legal. Alcohol is legal. Um, you know, porn is a huge addiction for many people. We do so many things to distract ourselves. We gotta take pills and liquids to go to sleep. We gotta take pills and liquids to wake up. Uh, we're on our phones. We're live, we're streaming, uh, Netflix. We're watching videos. We're on TikTok. Do you see what I'm saying? What are all you this evil? overload. All so? Yeah, it's distracting. And so what we need to do is keep it simple, soldier. Uh, Dr. William Marston, I talked about his book. He wrote a book in the 1920s called The Emotions of Normal People. I love that because, again, what is normal? This thing that everybody wants to strive for, you know what normal is? It's a setting on your dryer. If you don't believe me, go over and look at it. What? <laughs> it's, right, it's right there. And everybody wants to be normal. Why do you think we have this whole LGBTQT mess? Why do you think the uh, America wants you to believe that 25% of the population is LBQTQXYT? Normal. normal. That's why. Because they want to make it normal. And yet 1% of the community is a, the transgender community, if will. I think 5% is homosexual. That's it. But we're made to believe that it's like this huge amount that 35 or 40% of people are homosexual. But why is all this going on so that can be normal? Again, we don't need to make people feel bad. I'm not interested in putting people down or hurting people. Don't get me wrong. But we're working to normalize behavior. We're working to normalize. I mean, we can say it's okay for for Black Lives Matter people to steal, to actually go in a store as part of reparations. We normalize theft. We normalize uh, persecution, where of course uh, anybody who voted for Donald Trump, anybody who showed up January 6th was an uh, insurrectionist. All those old grandmas and all those people with guns—legal. We have so many guns in this country, and yet people don't have guns. There were no rifles being shot. There was no bombs. There was no plastic explosives. There was no Timothy McVeigh. There was no car bombs. There was no uh, vest uh, suicide vest that go on all around the world. But yet, with all the weapons available, the cachet that so many people have, and yet it was an insurrection, who's stupid enough to do an insurrection without weapons? Oh my gosh, how stupid is that, pal? Come on, man. If you you do an insurrection but bring no weapons, how are you going to overthrow the most powerful country in the world? Come on. With a flagpole? I mean, that's just silly. Yeah, just logic, people. She's got to have logic. we got to quit being told what to think. And this is why I do what I do. I, you and I don't need to agree on everything. But I want you to think our brain is the one organ in our body that has unlimited plasticity. In other words, it never has to deteriorate. It can grow and grow and grow and grow if you work it. But if you don't, it's called Atrophy. And like every other thing, when you have atrophy, it dies. And then we're just a bunch of sheeple. We're just told what to think and what to believe. And see, when you live your life like it matters, it, you have a passion for it. You know, I was reading an interview with John Rich. Uh, and he said, uh, man, you know, this, these leftists, these progressives, they're coming after our kids. And it was pretty harsh. I'm surprised he didn't get uh, some uh, attack for it because he said, you come after my kids, and you're, uh, you're going to have to deal with me. Uh, everything's off. And it was a little bit almost like a threat. Uh, we got weapons. We got this and that. You come after my kids, and the lines, you've crossed a line. And now they're coming after our kids. New Jersey is passing these bills that uh, allows uh, my little, uh, you know, third grader, my first grader to be told that about sexuality. And if you want to feel like a girl, you can feel like a girl. What are you doing talking to my kids? Get your hands off my kids and get your head, get out of my kid's head. See, only when you live your life like it matters do you have that passion. You know, Benjamin Elijah Mays. One of my favorites in the civil rights movement, he has one of my favorite quotes, and I, I put it as one of the first things my students see in my class. And he said, it must be borne in mind that the tragedy of life doesn't lie in not reaching your goal. The tragedy lies in having no goal to reach. It is isn't a calamity to die with dreams and but it is a calamity not to dream. It is not a disaster to be unable to capture your ideal, but it is a disaster to have no ideal to capture. It is not a disgrace not to reach the stars, But it is a disgrace to have no stars to reach for. Not failure, but low aim is sin. And it was Everett, uh, what is it? Edward Everett Hell, I think is his full name. He said, I am only one, but I'm one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. Isn't that powerful? Do you know that as I live, I become more and more impressed by one word? And that word is now. And as Mehmet uh, Ildan, I think is the name, he said, when the purpose of your life is crystal clear in your mind, you will be able to continue your life journey very strongly, even when everything else is very blurry. And that's what a vision is. And so Dr. William Marston, in that book in 1923, I think it was, The Emotions of Normal People, told us that adults learn in chunks of information. And and I'm a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, and we talk about chunking. You chunk up and you chunk down. Your mind chunks. That's how you're made. That's how you work. We hold things in chunks. We learn in chunks. And we do other things in chunks. And once you can understand the chunks, then you can just tie the chunks together. That's how I learned to train. What I learned to do is I talked about things in my training in chunks. And then I logically connected how the chunks go together. And in that process, a a process that took people two years to memorize a manual over two and a half days, a two and a half day manual, and learn how to deliver it, it took two years. But because of my background and because I knew how the mind works, it took me six months. I went from nothing to a master trainer with the company where I learned my training from in six months, the youngest trainer they had, uh, the first full-time trainer they had, uh, and I was their national sales coordinator. But all because I knew how the mind works. And so Dr. Marston said at the time, this was 100 years ago, that it was seven plus or minus two chunks. I'm going tell you right now, I know you're not going to believe this, but we use our minds less today than we ever have. We have computers. We have artificial intelligence. We have Siri. Where we just say something. We have Google. And we have all this other stuff that we don't have to look stuff up. We Twitter. And so we abbreviate. We are not as intelligent. We, we have access to more information today. But I think we've been dumbed down. And so it's not seven plus or minus two anymore. Let me suggest it's three. Maybe it's plus or minus one because we've lost our focus. We've got atrophy of the brain because now we're told what to think. we become sheeple. Matter of fact, now on Twitter and Facebook and all that, if you don't agree with the masses, you're banned. You're blocked. You're put in, what do we call it now? Facebook jail. And it's a badge of honor. I've nice. been in Facebook jail many times. Matter of fact, LinkedIn banned me from their site. I didn't do anything bad. But LinkedIn kicked me off. Mm. Uh, about right, yeah, because I don't follow the pattern of what they want you to believe. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let me give you a simple pattern before I get in the big one in the next segment. And that pattern is this. There are three things you must do to be your dreams. You don't need to no know 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. You don't need to know the seven habits of highly effective people. It was a good book. Or the eighth habit of highly effective people. And by the way, that was not that good of a habit. If, there was, if that was a good habit, if that book would have been as good as uh, his first book, you'd probably have 10, 11, maybe 12 habits of highly successful people, right? But you don't need to know any of that. You just know there are three things we must do to be our dreams. And it's want it, create it, live it. See, want it's always about desires, about creative discontent. What do you want so bad that you won't be uncomfortable? What do you want so bad that you're willing to do what other people won't do? What do you want so bad that you're willing to turn the other cheek? That when you get knocked on your butt, you're willing to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and hit again instead of playing a victim? And once you have that desire, never approach the throne of your goals without desire. Once you have that desire, then you create it. And what I mean by that is you begin with the end in mind. What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? And impossible? what does it smell like? What does it taste like? Dr. Covey, one of the seven habits of highly effective people is begin with the end in mind. Why? Because you won't give your life for a lie. If someone says they love you and you don't believe they love you, you'll act as if you're not loved, unless that goal becomes real. And what are real? Things that we can see, hear, touch. You got to make that goal real. And once you create it, and then the third thing you do is just live it. Walk the talk. Work the plan. You you The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step and a roadmap. And that's about keeping it simple. And so I always like to keep it simple for people. You don't need to figure out all this stuff. Do you see? What do you want so bad that you're willing to do something different? What's that desire? Here? And then what is that going to look like when you accomplish that? What's that going to be like? Make it real. Your unconscious mind does not differentiate differentiate between Hollywood and reality. What does it look like? Was it sound like? Was it feel like? And then if you want it bad enough, is, you want it bad enough to actually do something about it. The definition of a of passion uh, and action that is power so have some power and follow through don't just dream, don't just plan but make it happen I'm Black, we'll be right back What's the matter with you? I think your brain is going soft You talking to me? You can act like a man!
3: Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but... I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Salmon
0: fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park we're where you are listen to freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free odyssey app
2: the power of the christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions and it just makes them better adults hi i'm jeff hi i'm trish And we're from Oakdale.
4: Jeff and Trish use the half-off tuition program for both of their sons' Christian education. That's half price for the first year of tuition at participating Twin Cities schools.
2: The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. Details at TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
1: ThefishtwinCities.com is streaming your favorite contemporary Christian artists like Matthew West, Toby Mack, for King and Country, and many more. Stream along at thefishtwinCities.com, download the free app, or listen on your Amazon smart speaker.
4: Take a listen to this comparison of other training to leadership awakening.
3: For probably two-thirds of my any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was was amazing. It was amazing.
4: Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. The crisis
0: is only deepening. It's not getting better. It's deepening.
5: Go home. Watch television. Good guys win. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and you are back. And hey, I have a class next week in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. If you want to change your life, uh, learn incredible patterns, and clean up some bad patterns... You know, go to likeitmatters.net. Uh, I got a small class. I still got openings, two spots there. So it starts Thursday, April 21st. And then oh. we'll be in Vegas May 12th through 14th. Man, you want to come to Vegas and change your life in a good way? May 12th through 14th. And then uh, we'll be back in Minneapolis, St. Paul, June 30th through July 2nd. So go to likeitmatters.net uh, if you want to live your life like it matters absolutely will. So I want to share with you, I want to keep my honor, uh, my commitment, if you will, my word. And I want to talk about the pattern that I believe could change your life if you truly understand it. Remember, today's title of the show is Do You See Your Success? And it's not S-E-E. It's not a visual process. It is the letter C. Because I like patterns, and I like making them easily rememberable. And so I have something that I call the four plus one C's of leadership, of team building, of life. And is there's four plus one C's because until those four C's are in place, uh, you don't want to do the plus one. So the first C, and everything always starts with this first C, I'm going to be honest with you. The first C is commitment. I'm going to tell you right now, nothing great. Nothing long lasting starts without commitment. You know, it's Holy Week and today is Mahdi Thursday and basically it's commandment. Amen. And you know, when Jesus yeah, when Jesus was in the garden, remember he didn't want this. He whipped, his soul was into death. He he was sweating blood, man. He cried out to Daddy, Oh Daddy, I don't wanna do this. I don't wanna do this. Please, if there's any other way. And those of you fathers know that when you say something and you're asked again, the response is nothing, that you've already made your decision. And Jesus heard nothing from the Father. And he said, not my will be done, but yours be done. You realize the commitment it took. But you know, there's a word that I always attach to commitment, and it's called trust. See, Jesus trusted that daddy was good daddy. And we trust in the Lord because we know that we're flawed. And so I can commit. You know, I'd be a lot more popular and famous if I didn't talk about Jesus. I got people that swear I've changed their life, but they don't like when I talk about God. They don't like it. Well, I'm not here to please them. I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to please Salem. Uh, I'm here to please God. Because it's appointed for a man to die one time and then comes the judgment. And people get ready because there's a train coming. You don't need no luggage. You just get on board. You don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. I love that song, man. Love that song. So you got to have commitment. And if someone is not trustworthy, how do you commit to them? Right? If you aren't committed to somebody, they're going to have t- a tough time trusting you. And how can someone trust you if you're not committed? And how can someone commit to you if they can't trust you? See how the two words go back and forth? It's the chicken and the egg, which came first, Right? Which leads us, once commitment's there, once you can trust that you, you're going to do what you say you're going to do, the next C is communication. And whenever I talk about communication, I tell you there's always two parts. There's intrapersonal and there's interpersonal, right? Inter is between two people and intra is within a person. So interpersonal is when you go to Dell Carnegie or Toastmasters or you handle objections and sales training and you learn how to interact with another person for an outcome that is interpersonal. But intrapersonal is our self-talk. Remember we have thirty, sixty thousand thoughts per day. And so if you're gonna really be the person that you were called to be, You're going to have to learn how to do both. And i got to be honest with you. I've learned, uh, my wife's been generous to share this with me, but uh, I've learned lately that I don't communicate as well as I thought I did. (laughs) Any men out there know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't communicate as well as I thought I did. I've I've come to that realization. Thank you, honey, for allowing me to understand that through you. Thank you. (laughs) Right? Communication. Uh, Do you have the right communication? What do you say in your head? Are you aware of your self-talk? Do you go in there and take away the negative self-talk, the things that tear you down? You know, remember, I I say this all the time. I've met the enemy, and he's living in my shorts. Because if other people said and did to us what we allow in our heads, we'd never tolerate that. We'd never hang out with them. And so you got to get your communication lined up. First of all, self-talk. you got to get self-talk. A lot of people believe in affirmations. I like them. I'm not as sold on them as some people are, but it's good programming, and it helps. If nothing else, it keeps you focused on the right things. You begin with the end in mind. You Like a mission statement. When you write a mission statement, it's technically a lie. It's the best possible you way out there, but written as if it's true today. And so you've got to get your internal communication lined up. you got to make sure you want this thing that you're doing. you got to make sure you want to be the man or woman that you're called to be. You got to be communicating with yourself. And then you really need to be aware of the people around you. How are they communicating with you? What are you listening to? What type of stuff are you watching? See, that's all communication because you take it into your experience and then it becomes part of your self-talk. Don't you understand that? You first hear it from the outside and then you play it on the inside. And then you play it over and over and over and over and over. And do you know what we believe? The things we tell ourselves over and over and over, the things we listen to over and over and over, and the loudest. And so you got to get your communication down the right way, the right things, moving in the right direction. Your communication should be forward-focused. It should be hopeful. It should be positive. It should be encouraging. Those are just basic realities if you're going to live your life like it matters. Which brings us to the third C which is clear vision. Clear vision always comes down to three questions. Where am I now? Where am I going? And what will it take to get there? And how long? See, all true leaders have a clear vision. They, they're real with where they're at, and the problem I deal with a lot, you know, my class is two and a half days, uh, and it changes lives. But you know, I could get a lot more accomplished if the first day I wasn't spending all my time getting people on board selling them on on that this could help them, letting them trust, let go of the past. You paid $2,000 for a chair. Now do something about it. Why would you pay $2,000 and come to a class to be like what you've always been? So in my class, I say, I'm going to have you do something different. You can't have the same pattern that brought you to my door as you have inside the class. Because why would you pay me $2,000 in two and a half days of your life to be you? You know how to be you. You've been you for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. I want to show you what's outside that comfort zone. What's outside of the known world. You know, if you look at a map of antiquity, it shows the known world. And then beyond it, it shows a sea serpent. And if you know Latin or you know how to Google, (laughs) then what it said was there might be dragons. Yeah. See, outside of our known world, outside of our comfort zone. That's where fear resides. Always tell people I can give you fear's address. It's right outside our comfort zone. And this is where we need to practice, practice, practice. You know, a good old boy from Georgia was up in New York City doing some sightseeing, and he jumps into a taxi cab, and he asks the taxi cab driver a simple question. Hey, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? And with that New York accent, he said, that's simple. Practice, practice, practice. (laughs) That's how you get to Carnegie Hall. So that's what clear vision is. It lets you practice, practice, practice seeing it before it ever happens. Where am I now? Where am I going? What will it take to get there and how long? And the four C is consensus. And consensus is all about gaining agreement. It's getting everybody's energy, everybody's mindset focused in the right direction. And gaining agreement is so key. You know, we're all salesmen, and if you don't think you're a salesman, it's because you have not learned the power of gaining agreement, because selling is nothing more than gaining agreement with someone to buy your product, your service, your hand in marriage, your belief in God, and if you're not affecting people, it's because you don't learn how to gain agreement. You need to learn how to build consensus, and that's one of the great things that happens in my training. I take people from all walks of life, from all socioeconomic backgrounds, from different countries, and in two and a half days... They see the similarities instead of the differences. They're brothers and sisters. They come together. And see, that's what we need in this country. That's what we need in our families. That's what we need in our heads and our communities. And so once you have those four Cs in place, only then do you have the fifth C, which is consistency. If a pattern works, lock it up. Make it standard operating procedure. Why is it SOP? Because it works. But it why would you lock up a pattern that isn't working? See, that's why I said until you get the first four season plays, you can't add the fifth seat because it would be crazy to lock in a poor pattern and continually get poor results. Go to likeitmatters.net. Let me help you change your life. Email me at mr.black at net. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, When you live your life like it matters, it does. She gave me a bunch of crap about me not listening to her enough or something. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention.
0: Come on, man. as a former congressman and the ranking member on the judiciary committee of the US House of Representatives as a former congressman and the ranking member on the judiciary committee of the US House of Representatives Doug Collins knows what it means to fight for what he believes and on every episode of the Doug Collins podcast he'll explore all topics from politics to life advice and blend them together for a well-rounded discussion that you can use to get the most out of your life the Doug Collins Podcast. Subscribe today on Apple, Google, Spotify, and at Salem Podcast Network.com
2: Think about it. Minnesota collected way more from taxpayers than it needs, resulting in the largest budget surplus in history. It's time to give it back. Think about it. State spending is at an all-time high. The rainy day fund is full, and our income tax rates are the sixth highest in the country. Hey, Governor Walz, It's our surplus. Give it back. Think About It is brought to you by Center of the American Experiment, Minnesota's think tank. Ringing.